first we're going we're to close out CBR, which I think has been, uh, been really good. And for some people who are leaving, like, I've, I've had like multiple conversations last month with a lot of like SPO alum and even a couple missionaries who were like, they're like, yeah, like, formation was really good in college. It didn't really make sense until like I got out and like started like living like in the world. I got out of school. Like got out like in the in the world. And like like these these topics, these like things that did like they really hit on a different level. When you like are around different culture and environment, she's like, wow, like the way we do things is is actually like really good. There's there's a deeper truth here and there's like actually a light that she can be carried in ourselves as we go out into the world and we like treat people a certain way. And one of those ways is with honor and respect. And it's really countercultural. And actually, um, I invite Emily Bauer to be speaking to us tonight. We all know and love Emily. Um, Emily's been a faithful servant for seven, eight, eight years in the vineyard. Um, she's, she's been like, fun fact, in like almost the entire month of February and Texas and Arizona, um, caring for and loving on. The communities down there. Uh, she, she's a uh, experienced traveler, and uh, she's so good that we have to share. That's that's really the point of that story. Um, but she carries in her heart just a huge love, um, one for the Lord, but two for uh, building communities all over the country. And the reason for that is she just she uh, she knows the Lord. She also knows so much about this way of life that we're that we're putting on here in college, and the joy and the life that it brings. She has a ton of experience and a ton of wisdom for us. So let's pray over Emily, and we're going. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Come, Lord, we love you. We welcome you. We glorify you, Lord God. Jesus, you are our King, our Savior, our Brother. You alone, Lord. Father, we turn to you. We just thank you for the gift of your Son, who is resurrected now. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we have a share in his inheritance because... You say so. You've made it happen. And we just pray your Holy Spirit that you sent come here now, fill our hearts, join on our ears and our hearts. Lord, we pray that you would give us a greater vision for what you're doing here, and that you would bless your daughter Emily, that you would anoint her words, and that your will be accomplished here tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Awesome. Here we go. So the question I want to start us off with is, what has been the aim of this semester, these talks that we've been hearing? What's been the aim of this semester? And I want us to consider that. What has been the aim? And I'm going to tell you a story. So do you remember um, Carrie, who got up on the screen in the video, and she talked about community? Well, praise be to God, she went back to the convent on Tuesday night. <laughs> she called me. I was so honored. <laughs> um, but she was telling me, a, you know, a couple weeks ago, some stories from her time there the last couple years. And she was saying, you know, every community has their rule of life. Have you guys heard about, you know, like they've got their rule of life. And she's like, and most if not all have... Um, their list of norms. <laughs> and it's kind of like this appendix, you know, the rule of life is written out and then they've got this appendix, like, by the way, here are our norms. And their community is really young, she was telling me. So we still have norms that are getting made, you know, and we'll have like our little family meeting and mother will say, okay, 
we're instituting a new norm. And she's like, you know it's really bad when you're the cause for the norm. <laughs> so one of the things she was telling me was she was cooking, you know, and she's making dinner for all the sisters. It's one of their birthdays. And she's like, I'm going to make a cinnamon roll cake. <laughs> and so she makes this cinnamon roll cake. And I think she thought it turned out pretty well, but other people maybe didn't. So the new norm <laughs> was for someone's birthday, we just make a box cake mix. <laughs> Everyone gets a box cake mix. <laughs> or the other one was... Um, I know, I think mother like pulled her aside and you know told her beforehand. The other one is uh, when your family comes to town to visit, you don't go riding around town in the back seat of the car with them by yourself. <laughs> Just a lone nun with their mom and dad, you know. So anyway, I was really struck by norms and I was taking, I've been, I don't know if some of you know this or not, but I've been taking master's class for um, getting my master's in psychology and one of the classes was social psychology and we were talking about social norms. And so the point is, every group of people has their norms. Every family is gonna have your norms. This is how we fold our towels, you know, like down to the little things, or this is how we celebrate someone's birthday, we bake a cake, right? Um, I would like to say that the aim of this series of talks we've heard um, right speech, we've heard reconciling relationship. These are kind of like our norms. And it's kind of like a, this is how we use our words in this family. This is how we repair wrongdoing in relationship in this family. And tonight we're going to talk about this is how we show honor and respect in this family. And I was also thinking about Andrew's image that he shared do you guys remember what it was? He was talking last two weeks ago. He was sharing this image of like a river. I think this was it, right? He was talking about this river and how, you know, when there's like motion and there's movement to it, it's all going in the same direction and it cuts through. It cuts through the land and it, it like, I just love that. It cuts through. It cuts through valleys and hills. And this river is actually having an impact and leaving a mark and an effect on this terrain. And that is us. When we are moving in the same direction and unified, we are like that river that cuts through and that brings change. And it brings life, right? So this is why we want to have norms in this family. We want to be unified and we want to make a lasting, deep impact. So this right speech, reconciling relationships, showing honor and respect, these are the building blocks of our culture. Um, the culture, the river, right? Ultimately, we are building a Catholic culture through faith in Christ. And it's shown through our relationships with our brothers and sisters, with one another. They'll know we are Christians by our love, right? And it's us and it's through the culture that we build that we mediate the truth of God's love. I, I want to sit on that. It's through the culture that we build that we mediate the truth of God's love. We get to be the mediators 
of the truth of God's love, his mercy, his kindness, his steadfastness, his faithfulness, his generosity, his self-control. We get to mediate the truth of God's love for each other and for other people that we encounter. That is a big deal. We get to mediate the truth of God's love. He has no hands and feet but ours, right? So this is why it's important that we talk about our norms. The, this, is how, this is how we do it, right? This is why it's important that we talk about our speech and how we reconcile and how we show honor and respect, and especially honor and respect, which is what we're talking about tonight. So what is honor and respect? Honor, Anna did mention this in her talk on speech, right? She talked about honor is um, expressing publicly the value that we place on others, right? Honor is expressing publicly the value that we place on others. And um, we, you know, nowadays, I mean, the example that comes to mind of on, mind for me of honor is that of in the military. I think they actually still have a very good culture, you know, of honoring their superiors, right? They have a very clear hierarchy, you know, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. When I was student teaching, I studied elementary education. I was at an Air Force base, and that's where I did my teaching. And the parents were so, like, many of them were like, you know, you say yes, ma'am to Miss Bauer. You know, like, they were very, you know, firm in teaching, like, honor. So, honor and respect. Respect is showing honor through our actions. So while honor is expressing publicly the value we place on others, respect is showing honor through our actions, and particularly for guests and for those who have been entrusted with the responsibility of leadership, especially those entrusted with the responsibility of leadership over us. So respect, and I just, yeah, right here is where I want to say a word about leadership and authority. This can get a really bad rap in our culture these days, right? But to be given authority, guys, all of you are going to be given authority at some point in your life, right? And to be given authority is actually to be given a responsibility. To be given a position of leadership is to be given a responsibility for other people. That's kind of a big deal. <laughs> and it in a sense, not to be dramatic, but it should be approached with fear and trembling. It's not like something really to be taken lightly and like, oh good, I'm an authority and I can make you do whatever I want, right? Like a mom or a dad with their child, like that's not the attitude that they have. It's not the attitude your household leader has. It's not the attitude your parents had toward you or hopefully not your boss or whatever. It's, it's a... It's a privilege to be placed in a position of leadership and authority, and it's a responsibility. It's a place of service, and we should approach it with, with that attitude. So, side note. Okay, so why show honor and respect? Um, to show honor and respect is an expression of love. It's an expression of love, and specifically, it's an ex expression of agape love. If you've heard of the four loves, there's, you can Google it. 
of the four loves, there's, I don't even know if I can say them quick, but like Eros, Philios, Agape, and Storge, Storge? Yeah, so Agape is, Agape love is in itself, in its essence, it's self-sacrificing. I love that. Agape is, in its essence, is self-sacrificing. It's not based on a feeling, but on a determined act of the will. It's a joyful resolve to put the welfare of others above my own. It's a joyful resolve to put the welfare of others above my own. Can you say joyful resolve? Can we all say that? It's a joyful resolve. Together. Joyful resolve. Agape is a joyful resolve to put the welfare of others before my own. And this is what we're doing when we show honor and respect to others. We are making a joyful resolve to put their welfare above our own. It's a grace given by God, and it's a choice. There's going to be times where we don't feel like showing honor or respect to someone, but we do it anyway because they are a son of God. They are a daughter of God. They have value, and I get to mediate the truth of God's love to them. And I have a joyful resolve to show that honor and respect and how God sees them. Scripture tells us, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Scripture tells us, this is my commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Scripture says, Jesus Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance. He humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. God, you know, we all have someone who is over us, if you will. God has no one over him. And he humbled himself, put himself in a place of showing us honor, and respect. God did that. He has no one over him, and he humbled himself, put himself in a place that he showed us, me, you, honor and respect. Love one another as Christ has loved you. That is what scripture tells us. So we choose with joyful resolve to honor and respect one another out of love for Christ. Do you guys love him? I hope so. We are going to love and honor and respect one another because he did that. We do it for him and we do it for one another, okay? So who has shown honor and respect? I'm going to hopefully fly through these, but firstly, the Lord... Amen. You know, he is like the number one who we show honor and respect to. And we had a whole talk about that at the beginning, beginning of the year. It was the first talk, worship, right? I am the Lord your God. have no other gods before me. Um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Okay. And then also others. We honor and respect those that God has given responsibility of authority over us. So who are those people? Our parents, the the fourth commandment, children obey your parents for this is right. Honor your father and mother. It will be well with you that you will live long on the earth. 
clergy and religious, those who are in authority over us. You can read that. We beseech you, respect those who labor among you, who are over you in the Lord, who admonish you, and esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Secular authorities. This is kind of a tough pill for me to swallow, honestly. <laughs> I was reading this and I was like, ooh, yeah, that's there. But let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So we ought to show proper um, and appropriate respect for the governing authorities. So wrestle with that one. Um, those who are elder to us. This is a funny one. <laughs> Scripture. <laughs> you will rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of an old man. You shall fear the Lord your God. I am the Lord. Um, but in all seriousness, we honor those who are older than us, do we not? And people have dignity. And our elderly have dignity. They have life experience. And we ought to show honor and respect to those older than us. Those who are poor and infirm, you can read Matthew, come, inherit the kingdom. I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me naked. You clothed me sick, you visited prison, you came to me. Right? So those who are poor, it's actually pretty amazing like how much Jesus, I was reading just like a couple chapters of a gospel recently, like a story. I was like, I'm kind of into that right now. I just want to read it like a story. And I was really struck. It was just like, and then these people came and like needed healing. And then the guy at the gate crying out and then the lady and she touched him. You know, there's so many sick, infirm people and Jesus honored them and respected them. And we should too. And in a particular way, we honor and respect all people. So covered all the bases there, didn't we? <laughs> so live as free men, yet without using your freedom as a pretext for evil, but live as servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So we want to honor all people because God loves them and they are worth it, right? Okay, so a little note about our current situation, and then we'll get into some practicals. So I want, I want to talk about two things in our culture right now that kind of, I think, are at the heart of the crumbling of the culture of honor and respect. There, have you guys experienced a little bit of a crumbling of, that, of the, a culture of honor and respect? Maybe, yeah, it's like not there or you maybe like feel like maybe we should be a little bit more you know respectful but these people are like okay i guess i'll just do that too right so i think there's kind of two things and take note if you if you resonate with this if you see this in your life or you know if you see this around you but first of all relativism this is basically saying that there's no truth there's only competing opinions um, there's no right or wrong, no morality. Nothing is really definitive. And you can see the connection between relativism and our trouble accepting authority, right? There's nothing definitive with relativism. And you can see the connection between this stance of like, it's just competing opinions. There's nothing definitive. Who are you to tell me that I should 
do this this way. Who are you to tell me? It's just a competing opinion, you know. I'll do it my way. Your only reference becomes yourself, and there's no respect. There's no seeing, re-seeing. There's no seeing from another angle or from anyone else's point of view. Your, your um, reference is yourself. There's a great quote there, Pope Benedict. He lays it down. I love it. He goes, we're building a dictatorship of relativism that doesn't recognize anything as definitive, whose ultimate goal consists solely of one's own ego and desires. We, however, have a different goal, the son of God, the true man. He is the measure of true humanitarianism. It's so good. So good. We have a different goal. It's not ourselves. There is something definitive. Okay, so that's the first thing. And then materialism, this is like the only things that exist are the things that I can touch, feel, prove, right, scientifically, which is really a problem because, um, you know, God, who is spirit, <laughs> has no influence on my life. I can't touch, prove, feel, or experience him. And relativism, materialism, they really deem honor and respect useless because there's no one other than ourselves to be trusted or to be definitive and there's nothing, there's no eternal soul and so there's no reason to show honor and respect for others. So that's like a little side note. Do you guys see that at all? Like on campus? I see it. I see it a lot. So we want to lay hold to the truths that I am not the only source of knowledge and wisdom. We want to lay hold to the truth that others can be trusted appropriately, right? We ought to have, be a little bit shrewd, but like people can be trusted. God has put people in places of authority and leadership for a reason, for a good reason, for our good. And we want to lay hold to the truth that there is inherent dignity in each person, whether that person is over us, under us, beside us, there is dignity in that person. Those are the truths we want to lay hold to. So how are we doing? Good? Hanging in? Okay. Um, how to show honor and respect to one another. This is the practicals, right? Okay. So. I gave you guys a ton of notes because I was like, if I was listening to this, I probably wouldn't remember <laughs> or like be quick enough to write it down and capture it. So I hope you can like go back through this later and read it. I think there's just a lot of really like practicals. I'm not telling you to like fold your towels, but it's kind of like, <laughs> here's some like good ways to show honor and respect for one another. So anyway, so we show honor on special occasions Birthdays, we celebrate the gift of life and blessing that this person brings. Milestones, this is a big one. We celebrate the person's character. It's not necessarily like the accomplishment. We celebrate the milestone because we celebrate the character of the person, their perseverance, and their faithfulness. And we don't take perseverance and faithfulness for granted. So we celebrate milestones, transitions, um, we celebrate and honor a person as they move to a new place or a new stage of life. So it was really great to honor the seniors. That is a great example of honoring as, you know, in the season of transition. Another example is I know 
when men in the community get married in our Cornerstone community, the men will host a dedication for that brother, and it will be a time of honoring that brother. It will be a time of speaking up like encouragement, maybe some advice. I don't know exactly all what happens. We do a similar thing with the women sometimes. And praying with that brother to kind of like launch and send forth. So transitions. We want to take time to honor one another in seasons of transition. And then we show respect in the way we relate. So in the way we relate to one another, obeying in a respectful way to the degree that obedience is due, showing deference versus preference. Get the rhymes? We want to show deference versus preference. So that means that at times I'm going to die to myself and my self-interest in order to build a relationship and ultimately build the kingdom of God. Um, An example I was thinking of was if Laura asked me to do something and I would rather do it in XYZ way, you know, like, can you make this thing, spreadsheet for whatever, summer household, it's on my mind. I want to do it XYZ way, but Laura's saying, can you, like, do this? I will defer to her to make her life easier. Oh, another great example, speaking of admin, it would be, like, if she sends something out, right, and she asks me to do something, fill this little thing out, like, are you going to be around for the summer? I'm going to, like, I would prefer to not fill it out, or I would prefer to do it later, but I'm going to do it now so that I can make her life easier, right, Laura? I'm giving you a plug. (laughs) Okay, but there's so many examples, right? We can do that for each other, right? We want to, like, seek to make each other's lives easier, okay, especially for those who are seeking to serve us. Um, Another example I thought of is, you know, Andrew and I, like, meet every so often, and you know, I could be like, well, these are the times that work for me, but instead I'm going to say, I'll meet when you can meet. You know, like, your schedule is busier than mine right now. Like, I'll meet when you can meet, right? And we can do that for each other. We can do that, those sorts of things. Um, we want to give those over us precedence, right? So this could be letting people go first in speech or in activity, men, I've seen men do a great job, like hold the door open, right? Or letting the ladies go first in the food line, but also just there's so many ways that we can let others go first. How many times a day do I choose to wait and let you talk first? Emily, like, you know, we're on the phone and it's like, okay, I'm gonna let you talk first, right? Or I'm gonna ask you a question that gets you talking first so we can let others go first. And not interrupt in conversation. This is a, was a really hard one for me. It still is sometimes, right? I want to, like, jump in. But how many of you have been in a conversation where someone's jumping in on you? Yeah? Some of you? Okay. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't feel very respected by that, right? So we want to, like, allow others to finish and wait and honor them by letting them speak. We can... Okay, next bullet point. Um, we can acknowledge authority to direct, teach, correct, etc. And a way that we can do this is by asking questions or making requests. When you ask um, someone a question, it kind of communicates that you think they have something to offer you. 
Or when you make a request, hey, could you come in? You, okay, example, Sarah, my roommate, has this little small group of women. They were meeting tonight. And there's a woman down the street, Aunt Debbie, we call her. And Sarah asked Aunt Debbie to come and speak to these women. I don't know what they were talking about, but she's communicating to Aunt Debbie, you have value. Hey, will you come and like speak to my little small group? I think you have something of worth to offer. So this is a way we can honor and respect people by asking questions and making requests. Another way we can honor and respect is anticipating needs. I didn't come up with a good example of this, <coughs> but anticipate one another's needs, outdo one another. <laughs> Building people up in an honest way that increases others' respect for them. Anna touched on this. We can choose to divide with our speech. We can slander. We can speak poorly of each other, or we can speak well of each other, even when the other is not present. Um, okay. Those in authority should honor and respect those for whom they care. Those in authority should honor and respect those for whom they care. Am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. Care for Maybe you have a team, like a group project, and you're the leader for your group project. Maybe you're in a classroom with little people, and you're in charge. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you're a nurse, and you have patients sick lying in bed. Or maybe you're the charge nurse on the floor and you're in charge of all the other nurses. Maybe you will be someone's boss someday. The team lead on like the engineering project that you have, that your group is working on, right? Maybe you will be leading a family someday. Someday, you will have people under you. <laughs> Maybe you already do. And we need to honor those for whom we care. We can do this by speaking about them in an honorable way. We can commend them whenever it's deserved. We, you know, like, we notice you. Say good job. You're doing good work. I see you growing. Encourage. We can see that they receive honor. You did that. You like solved the problem. <laughs> you know, like you made this project better. So and so did that. Did you guys know that so and so did that and he like made this project better? Right? See that they receive honor. And this is another one. We can speak with courtesy. There's a scripture, I think I might have put it in there, Colossians or something. Let your speech be seasoned, gracious, always seasoned with salt. Let your speech always be gracious. I was thinking with this example, my sister um, has three little ones, four, four and a half, two and a half, eight months. And Madeline and Felix, I was just really struck by Felix especially. He's so polite. <laughs> Sometimes I was there over the summer and he'd be like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. And I was like, I want to be annoyed, but you're being cute and polite about it. So I feel like it's better. But he, he'll like ask me like, how was your day? You know? And I was like, Gina, 
your kids are so polite. She was like, well, yeah, I've been really working on it because I wasn't being polite. And then I noticed that they were like, me, 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 you know? And just that politeness, like we ought to be, she even, he's two and a half. And she is being polite to a two and a half year old, right? Being polite to the person who is in the hospital bed, right? Being polite to the elderly person. We ought to be gracious in our speech always. We ought to be honoring one another and acting with courtesy. That was just like a fun little example. Um, Okay. Showing honor and respect in the practical events of daily life. Um, Just a note about technology. There needs to be a real discipline for us in our lives with technology, especially if we want to be people who show honor and respect. There needs to be a discipline in our life with technology. I think you all know this. You, I'm sure you know. Like, I'm preaching to the choir, but we need to have discipline in our life with technology if we are to be people who show honor, respect, and courtesy to others. Um, There's like this whole quote from Pope Benedict. He's like, technology is awesome, great possibilities, wonderful global communication. But, he says, it's important always to remember that virtual contact cannot and must not take the place of direct human contact. So technology isn't bad. It's really good. There's a lot of awesome, awesomeness to the new age of technology. We don't need to be afraid. It's great. But it is important always to remember that virtual contact cannot and must not take the place of direct human contact. What's our priority? Um, it can Electronic devices, social media, it can potentially keep us from relating authentically. It can keep us spending more time in the virtual world than with the people who are in my life physically in front of me. That's a great danger. I can avoid relationships that are real. Um, So there just needs to be particular etiquette. Let's think about that. We ought to have some particular etiquette when it comes to our devices so that we can preserve unity, so that we can preserve relationship. Okay? So a couple little things I was thinking of is in the midst of a personal conversation, we wait to answer our phones and our texts. At communal events like dinners, prayer times, in church. I've actually pulled my phone out during church one time, guys. I'm sure probably more than once, right? Or like adoration. It's so easy. I'm going to like go to the iBrievery app, but then I'm like texting. I'm like, I am in adoration. I'm trying to go to my iBrievery app. It's not working. So I need an etiquette. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to. It's not even going to come out, right? Confession. (laughs) Um, Okay, another example. Even driving in the car, this is such a little thing, but maybe you've been in the car with someone and they've like gotten on the phone and started having a whole conversation. And this isn't, guys, I'm not like trying to condemn or like, 
you know, I've been there and I've done these things. And sometimes these things are okay to do. But we just need to have etiquette about it, right? And we want to be courteous. But that can really kill that can really kill the atmosphere of a car ride when we're like pulling out our phone and talking or even texting. So let's just be aware. It affects it affects the environment and the atmosphere around us. Okay. We're coming to a close, guys. Here's just a few more little I feel like this is chock full of practicals. Are you getting enough yet? You're like drinking from a fire hydrant. It's like, here's the water droplet there. Here's one there. (laughs) Okay, so a couple of practical daily events of life. The phones, right? In group situations, we want to make sure that newcomers are welcomed and that newcomers are not alone. So in, in group situations, making sure newcomers are welcomed and not alone. When a guest enters a room, we ought to stand and greet them. I've been really, I was working on this talk, and so I've been super aware <laughs> of like, you know, we had some people over at our house, and I was like, I'm going to stand and greet you. <laughs> you know, like, we want to we practice that. And there will be times where it doesn't make sense, but we want to practice. Stand and greet people. Be ready and attentive to be at the service of others. Look for what needs to be done, especially when hosting. A few examples is asking someone if they want a glass of water or just getting it, you know, or um, anticipating needs is like, oh, you might need this tissue or like you spilled. Let me, I'm going to go grab that or um, looking for what needs to be done. Offering a chair, this is a really awesome one. I love when I see this happen, you know, like in my family, Mumsy, 91, come into her room, you know, you know, someone's getting up off their feet, they're going to offer her a chair. So I think offering a chair or going to get a chair, um, we can also serve by conversation. Sometimes what needs to be done in the room is conversation, and that person needs a conversation, so we do that. We can take the lead to introduce people who don't know each other. I like do this all the time, and I'll introduce people who do know each other, <laughs> but I don't know they know each other. But you know what? I'd rather look a little bit foolish at the, at the expense versus them looking a little foolish, right? So we introduce people who don't know each other, um, give full attention to others when they're speaking, Refrain from interrupting or dominating a conversation. We just want to be aware if you love to talk. Like, be aware of yourself. Um, We talked about interrupting and stuff. Avoiding humor that is indirectly dishonoring. So negative humor. um, We can kind of do this, like criticizing subtly with humor, like, yeah, so-and-so always is late, blah, blah, blah. You know, or like, whatever. That person is always X, Y, Z. Or bringing up an embarrassing or kind of like thing that you know might be a little embarrassing or tender to someone in a conversation. Let's not do that. Let's avoid the negative humor or talk, even if it's joking. That's dishonoring. We want to be honoring. And then honor and respect amongst peers, you guys. So in a particular way, we ought to honor all people right? And that's each other. So we can do that by cooperating with each other, not competing 
we're not in a competition around here with each other. I mean, we want to outdo one another in showing honor, but like, we don't want to compete with each other. We want to make each other's lives better, easier, you know, right? Like, we want to serve one another, cooperate. <laughs> we can show special courtesy to the opposite sex. I gave some good examples. Men, I'm always so honored with the things that you do for us women whether it's the wine thing, the chair thing, the door thing, the glass of water thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so sweet, carrying things. It's like so honoring and thank you, thank you. And women, we can be honoring to the men as well. So let's practice honoring and let's find ways to do that. It could be allowing men to open that door for us or asking, remember, asking someone or like a question or making a request is an honoring thing to people. So let's honor each other. Also in modesty, in dress and speech. So modesty, just a quick word, what it does is it directs attention to God. When we practice the virtue of modesty, it directs attention to God. So in speech, this means we don't pretend that we're unimportant, but we also don't seek to dwell on ourselves. That's modesty in speech. When we're not seeking to dwell on ourselves, our plans, our projects, blah, 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 me, 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 our goals, whatever. In dress, it's an expression of self-respect. We cover our bodies, not out of shame, but so that people can be directed to the Lord. It's like, we're not downplaying ourselves in both of these areas, but we're also just not drawing too much attention to ourselves, right? Attention to the Lord. So that is a way to show respect is modesty. Okay, in conclusion, St. Paul says that we should set aside self-seeking to seek the salvation of our sisters and brothers. 1 Corinthians 10, 33. Not seeking my own benefit, but that of many, that they will be saved. As Christians, we have a particular responsibility to build each other up because we live in a world that's trying to tear us down. As Christians, we have a particular responsibility to build each other up, to honor, respect. We can mediate the truth of God's love for us. We are about recapturing something that society has lost. We are about building the kingdom on earth right? And this is one way that we can do it, is through honor and respect, mediating God's love. I just keep coming back to that piece of like, God had no one above him. And he came and he honored us and respected us and we ought to honor and respect one another. So we, wanna, we want to build, produce relationships in which people experience their worth in which people experience their worth, their value, and, um, and the commitment of others. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay. John.